This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're talking to Jeff Halley, who's senior analyst for Asia Pacific. Good morning from London, Jeff. How are you doing? Yeah, great to be here. Good uh, afternoon from Asia. Before we look at the week ahead, we of course had those non-farm payroll figures on Friday afternoon from the United States, better than expected. Was there a bit of a lag in Asia Pacific this morning because of those numbers? Well, actually, it's been a game of two halves for Asia Pacific. So the numbers that came out on Friday with the non-farm payrolls were very good. They were above expectation. There were some chunky revisions higher to the back months as well. And the recovery in jobs was seen across a quite a broad range of economic sectors. All great news. All, you would think, bring forward expectations of Fed tightening because the uh, small business high-frequency data also uh, said that uh, employers were going to be raising compensation to try and grab those workers. Uh, And the participation rate held steady, which means that although jobs are going up, the pool of workers is not going up. So I suspect that the US labour force is actually quite a lot smaller permanently than what it was before it went into this pandemic, and that could be uh, for, due to early retirements, for example. The reaction in the markets uh, was quite surprising, actually. Uh, equities moved higher, uh, the dollar moved lower, yields moved lower. So to me, the narrative that the market wants to see at the moment, the only one they want to hear are reasons to send equities higher, and they're really hanging their hat on these comments from uh, Jerome Powell of the Federal Reserve that uh, interest rate hikes will not be occurring anytime soon, even after the end of tapering. In Asia today, we've seen Northern Asia markets suffer. Japan, South Korea, China are all lower. While we've seen this rotation that we see quite often these days in Asia, where when the Northern, uh, Northern Asian heavyweights fall, that money seems to flow down into ASEAN. So we've seen the more resource-centric markets of Indonesia, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur and Malaysia all rising, doing a good, good work today. I think part of this reason is um, because oil prices have moved sharply higher today. They're up over 1.5% in Asia after I think Brent crude did 2.5% on Friday. Plenty of oil movements and also a warning today from China about energy. What's happening there? Yeah, the state grid operator um, warned that there would still be challenges with power supply and that things were supply and demand were finely balanced into the northern hemisphere winter, where, of course, electricity for heating, etc. goes up. Now, they have increased coal production remarkably over the last month, and the heat seems to have come out of that market for now, if you'll pardon the uh, unintentional jester in that uh, comment. But natural gas prices and oil prices remain elevated, and China is a net price taker and importer of energy. So I think those stresses or those concerns saw uh, US futures move lower in Asia, but we saw China move lower, we saw Japan move lower, South Korea move lower, all big industrialized high-tech countries all massive energy uh, importers, whereas Indonesia, Malaysia, to a certain extent Singapore, where a lot of that resource industry is based or headquartered, they're very much more uh, correlated to movements in base metals and in energy, which, of course, uh, Malaysia and Indonesia produce. 
Now, over the weekend, we saw the infrastructure bill in the United States being signed off as well, which I suppose is uh, fairly significant. Yeah, I think it was another reason why Wall Street moved towards a higher close on Friday, particularly the Dow Jones, which is full of companies which I would call facing legacy industries. Yeah, So they're, they're companies that are going to benefit from uh, the US government spending a trillion dollars building roads and airports and bridges and water and infrastructure. You know, you, you've got your companies like Caterpillar, for example, and uh, these sort of like uh, legacy industries are not really, it's not really tech heavy. So it outperformed on Friday. And in fact, the futures have held up quite well today, even as NASDAQ and S&P futures have retreated in Asia. And rises for Bitcoin as well. Once again, Elon Musk, everything he says have a effect on the price of Bitcoin. And he's been tweeting away and that's had an effect. Bitcoin's up uh, 4.5% today, trading just below $66,000 as we're speaking. He tweeted a cartoon picture of a couple watching a TV with uh, 4,200 ticking up for Ethereum and 69,000 ticking up uh, for um, for Bitcoin. So, of course, if uh, in any sensible financial market, whatever Elon Musk tweets must, of course, move that market and Bitcoin has duly moved uh, higher today. The technical picture for Bitcoin uh, looks still quite constructive, to be honest. Uh, if you can separate the uh, tradable versus investable asset uh, maze out of it. So I, I won't disagree with the fact that uh, Bitcoin could uh, trade higher just on, on that technical picture. But I think it's, again, part of this overall market narrative that I touched on earlier on where Markets want reasons for the equity market to move higher. They also want reasons for cryptos to move higher as well. It's this sort of FOMO uh, sentiment that is sweeping markets at the moment. It was there all last week and it looks like it's going to be there all this week as well. And talking of this week, uh, incredibly busy last week, but what should we expect over the next seven days? Really, it's a little quiet this week, to be honest. I mean, uh, as you said, it was a huge week last week for data. The highlights are going to be China and US inflation out on Wednesday. Now, the risks are that that inflation comes in a lot higher than uh, is uh, forecast. But when we look at the reactions to the data from last week in the United States, it's hard to say that that will cause a sort of a, a reversal in sentiment where people start getting nervous about US yields moving higher and monetary policy getting tighter. So I think we would really have to have some blowout numbers from both of those uh, countries in order to generate that. And I think another thing worth watching will be in the geopolitical sphere. We're going to have a lot of Fed speakers this week. It'll be interesting to see how hawkish they are post FOMC. But also things are heating up in the, the UK and Europe again with Brexit and Northern Ireland, both sterling and the euro have been marked down in Asia today as uh, Britain is uh, threatening to trigger these um, Northern Ireland or Brexit protocols surrounding them. And so I think uh, whether that escalates or not to a full-blown dispute this week will very much determine how the euro and, and sterling perform. Okay, Jeff, have a very good week. We'll speak to you again soon. Always a pleasure. Have a wonderful week ahead, everybody. This is the Oanda Podcast.